The work I do with my clients often centers around adapting to a new role or promotion. It sounds easy, and many of my clients beat themselves up because they assume it should be an easier transition than it actually is. Taking on a promotion typically looks like being further away from the hands-on work that is being done, trying to stay close to the work while coming from a good place of wanting to make sure the work is high quality, it can overwhelm your to-do list and train some bad habits in your team. Each new role you take on requires you to shift the way you think of yourself and how you think you provide the highest value. This was something a woman in our community, T, realized when she volunteered to do an on-air coaching call with me. Take a listen to the episode and let me know if any of this resonates with you. I'm offering T some tips and new perspectives along with a book recommendation that may be helpful to you as well. So stay till the end. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn. I'm an executive leadership coach, speaker, and author. I am the current president of the board for the Maine Women's Conference. I have the privilege and joy to work with women leaders to hone the skills and the mindset that allows them to grow into and then thrive in senior leadership. My specialization is working with women who are still stabilizing after their last promotion and those who want to be ready for the next one. It is my belief that for more women to hold positions of senior leadership, there are changes at the individual and organizational level that need to occur. Not only do women need to be trained and coached on how to operate at these levels of leadership, organizations need to change their paradigm of how the work gets done and what supports are in place for leaders to do their job. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for Jody Flynn on the platform. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. You'll see the follow button is prominent on my profile, but if you click on the more button to the right, you'll find the option to connect. Click on that and be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, T. Hi. (laughs) So T, for those who are listening, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you're up to in the world, what, you know, what takes up your time? Um, well, I am, um, a recent, um, recently promoted leader. So I'm a technical product director and I work for a company that provides software, um, in a SaaS model, which is software as a service. And I lead, um, a team of, um, analysts and engineers to deliver this software. And that takes up most of my time. That's my full-time job. (laughs) Um, also have a family, um, with two older girls. Um, and I also freelance, so I stay pretty busy. Um, I like to do a lot of different things. (laughs) 
You are busy. <laughs> like I'm already like, whoa, you must have some really honed in time management skills. Mm. <laughs> you do okay, right? I do. I get by. Yes. You get by. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Well, amazing that so software as a service and you're the um technical product director, correct? Correct. Yes. And tell me a little bit about the software that you're developing. So the software that we're developing, um, if you can imagine hospital needs supplies like band-aids and and hip replacements and all kinds of things. And so the software that I work with um, that our team builds helps um, actually the hospital uses that software to order their supplies and make payments to vendors and keep track of their accounting and all that stuff. So it's considered an ERP and um, it's pretty huge. There's a lot of um, a lot of nuances, very technical and complicated. Okay. So that, that helps to give some context because Mm -hmm. the work that you do, right. So you're not directly hands-on saving lives, Correct. (laughs) but what you, the, the software that your team, you and your team are working on makes a difference in terms of healthcare providers being able to do their best work. And, and being right. ready for what's about to happen. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So those are the stakes. Okay. Yes, they're very high. <laughs> good, good. Okay. Not that the stakes are very high, but that that's helpful for me yes. as I'm talking to you. And it's helpful for those who are listening to understand, like, what is at stake for you when you go to work every day? you know, and leading your team and that sort of thing. Okay. So what question did you have for me? What did we want to, what did you want to talk about? So one of the biggest questions I have, um, you know, as a leader, um, you know, coming up in the ranks, you always hear that you should trust your team. And, um, you know, as a manager, I also had to do that. Um, as a director, it's, you're so let, much less hands-on mm-hmm. that you are really putting your full trust in the team. And I, I, I would say that I trust my team. They do an excellent job. I love them. Um, but I, uh, sometimes I struggle with, you know, fully letting go of, you know, letting them go and, and I don't want to micromanage them. So I guess my question is, how do you fully let go, um, you know, not micromanage, and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when, if there is a failure, mm-hmm. it could be really bad. So being with healthcare, you know, if something fails in the software, it could be really critical. Mm-hmm. So being able to let go and let the team work um, without kind of hovering over them, if you will. Mm-hmm. That was a long question. <laughs> no, no, that's no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think a lot of the women who are listening to you right now are probably nodding, right? Because <laughs> th- this is common, right? When we're we're being promoted and we're hitting higher levels of leadership, we're a little more removed from the hands-on work and the deliverables, yeah. and we're trusting our teams to be able to do that work and do it well. When we were in their positions, we've had control, 
right? The right. End, our, our end product, our work, what we were held accountable to, we directly impacted. And so that, you know, our results were based on what we did. Now yes. our results are based on what they do. Right. And um, this is very typical for high achievers. It's Mm -hmm. really hard to trust other people, probably because for a long time you've had a sense and no judgment. We've 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 all been there where we kind of look around us and we shake our head because we're probably working a lot harder than other people are, or we're getting more. Now, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, (laughs) Intense, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we're a little more um, amped up about the quality of our work. And sometimes, you know, we work with colleagues who just don't seem to have that same intensity, right? It's not that they Mm -hmm. don't care. It's not that they're not good people, but they just don't have the same intensity. So then when we're in a position and we're managing other people and leading other people, if we don't see that same intensity in our teams, there can be something in our minds that goes, can I trust this person? Mm-hmm. Will, will they bring the same level of care to yeah. the work that they're doing? So tell me about your team. You've already said that, that you like them. Yeah. I get the impression you like them. Yes. They're good people. They're good workers. So tell me a little bit more about them. Yeah, they are. Um, they are also high achievers. Um, I have a lot of respect for them. They work really hard, extra hours. Um, sometimes I worry that they work too hard, but <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, they they do a fantastic job, and it's not like people are making mistakes or anything. But I think it's more from my perspective of um, I tend to be very controlling, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to inflict that on them. So that's why I'm, I'm working on letting go and, and, and having conversations with them to let them to acknowledge, you know, Hey, I realize this or that I'm working on it, you know, like as a leader to let them know and try and be an example, but I have probably about, um, I'm, my team is growing. So, um, I'm trying to remember how many people I have right off the bat, but four direct reports and about eventually about 10 people will roll up to me. So it's a fairly large team and um, with a lot of different skill sets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everyone super high achiever, very passionate about their job. So, you know, I can trust them. Um, and I just I kind of want to figure out how to go a little bit more and just let them go. A hundred percent. Okay, great. Thank you for telling me that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this is more of a habit for you mm, yeah. than anything else, right? It's not that you have to, exactly. you know, <laughs> be on top of them. It's not like you can't trust them. You can, you just said you, they're high achievers. They do really mm-hmm. good work. You can trust them. You're just not used to stepping away. So tell yeah. me about mm-hmm. that experience for you of letting your team do this work. It's challenging because I don't know all the details. So getting down in the weeds, I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not supposed to. <laughs> right. You're not the subject matter expert anymore. <laughs> exactly. And I think you, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it when you said it, it's a habit because um, I have been that person for so long that was doing that, that it is very difficult to, to step away and, and just get comfortable with not knowing all the details. So I think you pretty much, <laughs> oh, that was really insightful, actually. <laughs> uh, I see this a lot. <laughs> T, I definitely see this a lot. This is common, right? This is okay. very common as we're moving away from being the subject matter expert, moving away mm-hmm. from being the person who delivers the, the final product. You yeah. know, when we become the leader and part of this is, um, and I've talked about this on a previous episode, it's an identity shift, right? So now mm-hmm. you're in that question of how do I provide value? Now, yeah, you know, when like the stakes are still what they are, what role do I play considering all of these things? You're at a stage where there needs to be an identity shift, right? You used to be, like I said, the person who was delivering, right? You were the fixer, you solved problems, Mm -hmm. people came to you as the expert right? And now you have a different role. And so you need to shift your identity. So let me throw this out there and and you tell me how this new identity might feel. You are now leading leaders and Mm. you are developing future leaders. How does that feel? That feels very different from the way I was thinking of myself in this new role. But I think that it's accurate because as I'm coaching my team and helping them understand how I try to help them understand how I come to decisions so that they can come to the same decision. So in that vein, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And I would even go a step further to bring, um, especially in the role you are now at the director level, to bring some coaching skills to your role as leader as well, to ask them questions, right? Mm-hmm. How would you do this differently? You know, yeah. what, you know, what would be, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? You know, questions like that to get them thinking, Um, And problem solving, right? You want them to have those high level problem solving skills. So you want to coach them up, right? And think about, think about it too. Like someday they're going to have your position, right? And, and what skills would they need to do that? Because this is the crazy thing. You don't need to teach them how to do their job. They're experts, right? (laughs) They are. They're very good. Right? Yeah. You are training them up to be in your job or a similar mm-hmm. job. Okay. Right? Yeah, so that makes sense. What now that you think about yourself in that role, what could you do differently that would help you fulfill this role at work? I think I could instead of just giving the answers straight away is do what you said, ask, you know, I, I try to be, I do try to be collaborative and ask them what they think or, but instead of throwing my own idea out there first, 
hear their idea first, you know, first. And then, you know, if it doesn't align with what I'm thinking, then talk about, you know, my thoughts and then maybe come to a, you know, every decision can't be like that, but a a lot of times it can be and giving them the opportunity to make decisions. Cause when I, when I was in that role, that was important to me. So I've been trying to think about what was important to me for my leader and try to be that for my team. If that makes sense. Yes. And that's a great distinction. Not all decisions can be done by committee. Mm -hmm. There are some decisions where you just have to make them as the leader because you have more information to, in some respects, in terms of like high level company decisions that might Mm -hmm. be impacting a decision. So there are some decisions where, you know, people can weigh in, but they can't be the final decision maker. Um, But they're definitely in those situations where there is some space you know, for more collaborative thinking. And especially if you've noticed you've had a behavior of um, whether you intended to or not out of habit may have been a little controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably have noticed some team members have been unintentionally trained to come to you for validation, right? Because that's yeah. what happens when as a manager, we we want to be in control and, and we have a tendency to be controlling and my hand is raised. I have that tendency <laughs> as well. Sometimes I slip into it, right? I just have this notion of like, I know how this is supposed to go. I have a vision of exactly what this is going to look like. And I try to maneuver things. So that vision mm-hmm. is manifested. And then I catch myself, right? Then I catch myself. Yeah. <laughs> but what but what can happen is when we we have these behaviors is we train the people around us that it's not a good idea <laughs> right <laughs> to make a decision without coming to us for validation right yeah so if you've noticed this with some of your team members where they're coming to you there's probably even times where you have this thought like why are they asking me like this is this is not a question I need to get involved in. That's a red flag, right? They've been trained, okay. you know, yeah. to come looking for validation. So the way to retrain that is to do that very simple thing. And you've probably done this with your kids as well, because they're a little bit older when they come to you with a question about like, so what do you think? And you, you can go, well, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, good. Yeah. Put it back on them. Right. And, and you're, you're giving the power of the decision to them and then saying, yeah, you got it. Right. And over time, when you're agreeing with what they've said, rather than just answering their question, whether, and you probably would have given them the same answer they came up with. Right. Cause it's a, it's a simple question. Right. Yeah. Cause especially the questions where you're like, why are they asking me this? This is pretty standard and straightforward. Right. But they're they're looking for validation, like, and then eventually you can say you got this. But they may need that experience of you giving them the power back to them first, to yeah. to um, so that they have that experience, right? And you're demonstrating, I trust you, you got this, and then you can say to them, you know what, with this stuff, you got it, just go for it, you know, yeah, and because eventually like controlling managers, we all end up eventually being like, I'm getting inundated with questions all day long. Right. Yeah. That's, 
that's a symptom. Okay. That's, that's good to know. That's something I'll need to watch out for. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good so far. (laughs) Okay. So when you think about, you know, you are now the person who's developing leaders. What else does that allow for you? I'm not sure, but I think it kind of allows me to develop more of my own leadership skills, like in the process of doing that. I don't know if that makes sense. A hundred percent. you now have yeah. time freed up. Yeah. And it allows right. me to make the decisions I need to make instead of making all of the decisions because they're empowered to make the decisions that are appropriate for them to make instead of, yeah. Which is they're what not I run, Right. They're not yeah. necessarily running on autopilot, but they're doing all the things that they can do on their own yeah. and coming to you when the questions are more complex or we've never seen this before. Right. right. Those, those yeah. are the questions you want to get involved in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, it allows you the time bandwidth the mental bandwidth, you will Mm -hmm. find that as your team comes to you with fewer questions, right? Or you're only getting asked the more difficult, complex questions that you also have that space to kind of reflect Mm -hmm. and think about like, okay, where do we want to be in like three months, six months, a year? Because when you're bogged down with questions all day, and to-dos and getting the work done, you don't have the time or the energy to, no. to give, you know, give enough um, mental bandwidth for something like that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You'll have to let me know how that's going. So you'll have to reach back out to me after a little while, right? Because some of this takes a little while, right? We, we, yeah. we kind of like drop the uh, stone in the pond. And then it yeah. starts. It starts to <laughs> ripple. So tomorrow you're going to start dropping the the stone in the pond, and yes. then and then retraining your team and see what comes of that. But I will say, within like a month, you you will start to feel like the difference. You'll notice subtle shifts in how yeah. you feel, how much time you have, and you'll probably also feel like you'll you'll notice changes in your team where. They can feel it, right? Because our teams yeah. can feel it when we trust them. Yeah. And there will yes. there will be shifts, I guarantee you. There'll be shifts in like what they're saying or what they're doing or how they're holding themselves that will let you know they know, right? They yeah. feel they'll feel more confident because they know you trust them. Yeah. Okay. There's so much that can be gained by listening to what another woman is going through and to understanding the strategy she will implement to overcome the challenge she is faced with. For this reason, I would love to do more on-air coaching calls on this podcast. If you are a woman leader who's been promoted or taken on a new role in the last year, I invite you to apply to be on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. You will be completely anonymous, so you won't need to worry about anyone you work with listening to you talk about your challenges. This is an opportunity for you to get insights and strategies to overcome any challenges you've been faced with at work. And the other women listening to your episode will learn from your experience 
and gain insights that they can use at work. You can find the link that will take you to the application in the episode description in your podcast app or at the bottom of the episode page on the Women Taking the Lead website. What what else do you got for me? So my other big one is, and I know it's like such a buzzword, imposter syndrome, but um, I hate it. (laughs) But it is so real for me. Um, You know, I have to remind myself sometimes in meetings, this is you, you make the, you know, this is your decision to make. Um, that I don't need to ask for permission for everything that I'm doing um, because I'm the one that needs to make the decision. Now there are decisions that are above my head, of course, um, just like with anybody else, but there are ones that I'm responsible to make. And, and so just reminding myself that (laughs) this is funny, but I kind of like, I had to stop myself from doing this, but I was kind of calling myself a baby director because I just got, you know, I'm just new at it. And I'm like, no, don't do that. But I, you know, I have a tendency to kind of like downplay it. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Um, but it is a, a big deal to me. And um, anyways, I'm sort of rambling, but no, you're not. Essentially, yeah. Sometimes I just feel like, do I even belong in the this room with these mm-hmm. other leaders who just seem like they have it all together, and I'm like still trying to figure things out and. Yeah. So, so that's kind of a struggle as well. Okay. Yep. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you're conflicted because Mm -hmm. you were the right person for the job. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Like I'm hearing what you're saying. Like, yeah, I, like I, I can do this job. Like I, I, I've got this and I have to remind, you know, I I have to remind myself not because I don't think I'm capable. The conflict I believe is coming in, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's a bigger responsibility. And by saying thing like saying things like, I'm a baby director or I'm new at this, it kind of in a way takes you off the hook, right? From being responsible for this yeah, role. I I think so. Um maybe I'm I'm gi- I'm giving myself a little bit of permission to figure it out. Yes. But I sort of feel like it's it took me so long to get here when other peers before got here much sooner than I did for various reasons, but um it makes me question, you know, am I can I really do this? Do I really know what I'm talking about? Um kind of thing. I don't know if that makes sense, but more of a do I know what I'm talking about? But when I start talking, I'm like, of course I know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I feel, <laughs> but I feel like um, I I don't have enough experience in this role to speak up when I might think I know something, but I'm sort of second guessing myself. If that makes better sense, mm-hmm. so then I think is what I have to say really a value. Do I have enough experience to back up what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, that sense of, do I really belong? in? like, have I really done this? Have I really achieved this? It just seems bizarre. 
because I worked so long for it. And that, that sounds funny. I probably, probably should take that out, but <laughs> no, no. I think a lot of people are going to relate to that. I went through the same experience in my career as well, where I'll tell you, I'll share this like as an aside, I was the right person for the job, mm-hmm. right? Like I knew I could do it and I was going to give it my all. And you're shaking your head. So for those who can't see she's, she's shaking her head. Yep. This. Yep. yep. And there were some days for whatever reason I would wake up and be like, Oh my God, what in the world? Like freaking out. Like, did they pick the right person? Is something going to happen? Right. Where I'm going to make a mistake. And they're going to yeah. think, oh my gosh, like, did, did we make the right decision? You know, that sort of thing. Right. So yeah. it is a human experience, even when like, and this would happen even when I was on top of the world because my teams were killing it, things were going right. And it was almost like, sometimes it was like, things were too good yeah. that I was, I was waiting for like, the, the shoe to drop, right? Or, you know, yeah. that, that whole expression. And actually, this might be of interest to you. I, um, I'm reviewing the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm-hmm. And in the book, Gay Hendricks talks about an upper limit problem where um, we can only handle so much good things right? And that's Mm -hmm. our limit. That is our upper limit. And then something will happen and we'll self-sabotage the joy Mm -hmm. that we're experiencing, right? Or the confidence that we're experiencing. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling too confident or things are too good, right? I've been promoted and I'm here and something's about to happen. (laughs) Probably. Yes. Yes. So I would recommend reading this book, right? Cause it really helps you get into, you know, what is you, cause we all have our own personal upper limit, right. Yeah. That we, that we can handle before. Right. It, and it happens in our relationships, in our finances, in our health, like things can only be too good. And if they go beyond that, then we start freaking out. Yeah. That makes perfect sense actually. <laughs> right. When yes, there is a disconnect between mm-hmm. what in your mind you think you deserve, mm-hmm. right? And what you see, what is happening externally, right? But there is like I will call it your true self for lack of a better word. Your yeah. true self sometimes comes to the forefront and goes of course I deserve this promotion. I'm the best person for this job right now, right? Of course Mm -hmm. I deserve this house. We worked hard for it, right? Everybody should get to live in a house that they think is beautiful yeah, and that they feel right. And then those are the times where you're like, "Ah." and then the upper limit problem comes back and there's a part of you that goes, wait a second, that like there's a disconnect between what I think I can have an experience mm-hmm. and what I'm actually experiencing. Right. Yes. So my first recommendation would be to read the book, right? It's called the big leap 
And I want you to allow your true self more time at the steering wheel. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'll work on that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like reminders. Mm -hmm. What can you do to remind yourself? Like I've got, I've got it. Yeah. Things are exactly the way they're meant to be. Like I can do this and I can speak up and they want to hear my voice. You got this promotion because you were already displaying the attributes that they were looking for in a director, right? You were already there before you got the promotion, right? So we can say things like, I'm new, I'm a newbie, right? You do want to give yourself grace and space because some of the things are absolutely new. Because even if you displayed the attributes before the promotion, you and I both know that after you were in that position, you were also given a list of things that you hadn't done before. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're now going to need you to be doing X, Y, Z, right? And so you're like, Ooh, I'm going to have to get better at that. I'm going to have to find out more about that. I am probably going to be, this is probably going to be a little messy at first. So yes, you do want to give yourself that grace some space to make mistakes or have it not be perfectly excellent. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at the same time, still own, I'm meant to be here, right? I'm here for a reason. I can do this. This is no problem. I say with, um, depending on the level of the promotion, like for your promotion, I would say six months to a year, like give yourself that time And if you don't feel like you have mastered it, like if you're in your like ninth month and you're like, I'm, I'm still waking up feeling very unsure. Right. And I still feel like the ground is very shaky. Then I would say like that, that is definitely a point at which you probably want to get coaching. Right. Cause I think it's more of a mindset. Yeah. You know, and maybe, Maybe a couple of tweaks to how you're you're uh, dealing with things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You were going to say something. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I think a lot of it's mindset. A lot of it, you know, I think is learning a higher level leadership skills too. Like I think that's important. But um, I think mindset is the biggest thing that I'm struggling with right now. Is just you know, like I said, reminding myself that this is where I belong. They wouldn't have put me in this role if they didn't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I can do it. It's just reminding myself of those things and yes. operating accordingly. <laughs> right. And some of it we can naturally overcome. Mm-hmm. We can do simple shifts. Sometimes if we're, we, you, you'll feel, um, yourself that you're just stuck here. Like you recognize this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I don't like, we have experiences like, I don't want to keep feeling like this. This isn't the way it's meant to be. Right. That's, Mm -hmm. that's our inner knowing, right. Is, is remind, you know, bringing to our attention, like, okay, something's got to give, something's got to shift. And if we can't overcome that with like the natural reflection Right. Cause there's always like, we're getting stretched a little bit. There's always experiences yeah. that stretch us and help us grow. But if we're not feeling like it's clicking, 
or things are falling into place after some time, then what typically is happening is we're stuck in old patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Or we haven't made that identity shift. And so that is a good time to get additional support. So if the natural like mentoring and coaching at work isn't helping, I would say then, you know, maybe hire a coach or, you know, a service provider that would be helpful for the specifics of what you're dealing with. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. What else? Anything else? Sorry, I got a I think the other thing I struggle with is time management. Um, I know we talked about that a little bit in the beginning. Um, How do you, um, or in order, you you get emails all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a tendency to just look at them right away, (laughs) which I know is wrong. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's appropriate, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, you know, do you set aside time to look at emails and respond to them? You know, prioritizing tasks and delegating those delegating is a big one. I think um, mm-hmm. that would help me with my time management if I delegated more mm-hmm. where it's appropriate. So if you have any tips on just some basic time management, because I find like I'm just running all day long and I don't feel like I've achieved anything. Yep. A hundred percent. So I, a few things come to mind right off the bat. If we were working together, we'd get into the nitty nitty gritty of like everything that's going on. But I can say just from the conversation we've had, um, with you wanting to trust your team more, I would say first, are there any meetings that you don't need to be in because a team member could go to the meeting you know, give input for the team, collect all the information, answer questions, and then come back and let everyone know what they need to know that came of that meeting. Yes, you're nodding. <laughs> yes, I, I'm i very proud of myself <laughs> because this is a success um, for me. It's, you know, given my controlling nature and all, um, which I acknowledge. Um, but I let my team know, hey, I can't make this meeting. If you can record it, because we tend to record meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that now, but, um, you know, but I said, I, there's a chance I can't even watch the recording because mm-hmm. I don't have time. Um, but if you can just let me know if there's anything that you need my input on or any decisions that need to be made or just keep me aware of, you know, what happened, what transpired in the meeting, like high level. These are the, these are the key decisions that we made just so I know then I'm good with that. And that's what happened. And it worked out really well. I didn't go to a meeting because I, I was, had another meeting, but um, <laughs> then I felt like I wasn't hovering over my team. I let them mm-hmm. do their jobs because they're good at it. And then I got what I needed to know out of it. And yes. it worked out. It worked out really well. And I felt really good about it. And that was Yeah, that was a success for me today. Yes. Like as a leader, sometimes taking a step back allows somebody else to take point and then they own it and they're proud of it. 
right? And they feel good. Like I've been that person at different stages mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, you can't do this. I'll do it. Right. Because yeah. your high achieving team, right? Mm-hmm. They they want to grow, they want to develop, they want to learn new things. And taking over some of your responsibilities allows them to do that. This is a great segue to delegating. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And this is another thing that I work with my clients on is like, don't think of delegating as just trying to get things off your plate that are taking up your time. Is that true? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And what is also true is you have team members who want some of your responsibilities. They want to show you and they want to showcase that if ever there's an opportunity for a promotion, I'm ready. Right. And they do that by taking on some of these responsibilities and showing what they're capable of. So again, you're not just a busy person who can't handle your workload, you are a leader developing leaders, right? So come from that place when you're thinking about delegating, come from that place. How does that make you feel? I like that a lot. That helps me reframe how I'm thinking about the tasks that I have. You know, are there certain things that I absolutely must do myself? Yes. But what can I give my team to do to help them develop more of their own leadership skills. Cause I'm, I was always that person too. And even still, I look at my leaders and I'm like, what can I do to help them? You know? And I know my team is looking at me the same way, just like I, I did in the past. And like I said, still do. So yeah, that makes sense. So the last tip that I will give you talked about email And yes, I'm guilty of that too, where I'm like, I want to be on top of things. I want to make sure everybody has, you know, if someone's asking me a question, I want to give them what they need so they can go and get it done, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. what happened. I want everything to get done. And unless it's a situation where we've got a deadline, right? And, And so it's urgent that these questions get answered right away, especially... I'm thinking of the time. So if you're not under deadline and especially when you have like some project work, maybe some reports, or you're preparing for a presentation at a meeting where you're Mm -hmm. representing as a director and presenting information out, you probably need some uninterrupted time so you can focus. So I would say it doesn't have to be all day. I know sometimes people say, check your email three times a day. I don't find that to be realistic. There are some people in some jobs where that is absolutely realistic. For you and I, it doesn't sound like that is true. (laughs) But I will say sometimes carving out like an hour here and an hour there where you shut down the email or the notifications right? Just for for that time frame so that you can focus and get work done. Because I don't know if you have this experience. It sounds like we're very similar in this. We can be busy all day long, right? Really doing the work, right? But it doesn't feel productive and it doesn't feel satisfying. And it can actually be somewhat stressful if we move 10 different things forward by Uh, like a point, (laughs) right? 
it took all day to move all 10 things forward, like a step or a point. Yeah. (laughs) We would feel so much better if we even got one of those projects completed that day. Right. So knowing that having that focus work where you can really make some good progress on a project that you're working on, that actually would make you feel like your time is more under control because time management is a perception. Oh, right. I did not realize that. (laughs) It's yes. Because who, who says whether or not you're managing your time well? It's you and you base that on how you feel about how you're spending your time. That makes sense. Right. Now, if there might be some exterior things that come into play, like if things are never getting done, right, then Mm -hmm. you would say, I'm not managing my time, but for, but you're getting things done. Like the work is getting done. It's just, you're left with these days where you feel like, I'm at the whim of whatever is coming at me today. <laughs> yes. Right. So to, to head off that experience, these time blocks can help with that, right? Because you're not yeah. at the whim in those time frames. So if you have one or two one-hour time blocks a day where mm-hmm. that is where you get your focused work done, I, I can almost guarantee you, you'll feel like your time is more under control. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, when you have back-to-back meetings all day long, you just, you feel like you can't, you just end up working late. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or and your head saying, spins. <laughs> or just saying, well, it'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Sometimes yep. you have to make that call. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes that is the right call to make. And sometimes mm-hmm. like you can end up feeling frustrated because it's like, here I go again, I'm moving this this task one more day, like it keeps, it keeps getting pushed to the next day, to the next day, to the next day. And what I find too, Teresa, is there are days where I'm on top of email and I'm responding to every single email. And I feel like I have lived in my email today. Mm -hmm. And then there were times where I just couldn't, right? Because I had, like, I was, in a long meeting, like maybe I was at a retreat, like a four hour retreat and I come back and instead of getting pinged with the emails on the same subject, like all day long, I'm reviewing like 10 emails, you know, where it say it's a group email where I'm reviewing 10 different emails and I get it done so quick because I just read what everyone wrote. I add my thoughts and then it's done. Right. Yeah. And what that tells me sometimes is like when I'm on top of my email, I'm just getting pinged all the time. It's just pulling my attention, pulling my attention, pulling my attention. So I can see why there is this philosophy of like, don't go into your email all the time. Just have set times during the day where you go in. Very difficult in a job like you have, but these little oasis (laughs) Oasis can can definitely help with that and probably make email management more efficient because you're going in there. You know, there's fewer um, instances where you're going into your email. Yeah. And I I figured out the messages in this conversation and I just group them and start. So I I did finally figure that out. Um, I work in technology. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I figured out that trick and then I can just quickly go through a bunch and it, it helps a lot. But, um, my, I, I'm, I can't even tell you what my unread count is right now, but it's like, you can't keep up with it. It's like ping, 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 ping. Yeah. And, I, and I, sitting in meetings and people are like, did you have my email yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. I know. So. I wish I could come up with a solution on the spot. Cause I'm hearing this more and more where email is just out of control. There is no way you can keep up with it. And so maybe there's a better way, right? Where, like you stay out of the email until they absolutely need your response, you know, or yeah. can somebody just sum it up? <laughs> yeah. Sum it up. <laughs> sum it up. Get back to me. Yeah. We'll, we will figure out the email conundrum at some point. Lots of great suggestions. Haven't been able to implement them all yet. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very challenging. Oh my goodness. Well, Teresa, this was fantastic. Any last thoughts we have before we wrap up? Um, I don't think so. I just want to say how much I appreciate your time. And um, you gave me a lot of great things to think about. You have great insight. So I really appreciate that. I Thank you. Well, I'm honored that you... Um, took the time out and was willing to get very vulnerable on a recorded call. This is not easy, um, but this was amazing. And I know it's going to be helpful to so many women. So thank you, T. All right. You're welcome. What were your takeaways from this on-air coaching call? Have you been in a similar situation to T's? Do you have a great team, but it's really hard for you to take a step back and let them do the work? Head over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the post corresponding to this episode. I would love to hear what stood out most for you. And if your last promotion has you experiencing imposter syndrome or has you confronting your identity as a leader, consider working with me. I would love to support you through this transition to help you get your bearings and feel confident in your leadership once again. If you know something has got to change, I am now opening up my one-hour coaching session spots to you. These sessions had only been available to my ongoing clients, but doing these on-air coaching calls, even I have seen the power of what can be accomplished within an hour. You can find that link in the episode description. If you're listening through a mobile device, that link will be in your podcast app. If you're listening through the Women Taking the Lead website, the link will be toward the bottom of the episode webpage. And if you are going to ask your company to sponsor you to work with a coach, there's also a link to access a checklist that will help you prepare for that conversation. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.